This is the Small Town Youth Ministry Podcast, Episode 7, Living on a Small Paycheck. back to another episode of the Small Town Youth Ministry Podcast. My name is Kyle Creel, and today I have the privilege of having an old friend with us on the podcast, hailing from the land of Illinois. We have Andy Millis. Hey, Kyle. Good to be here. Uh, You know, I feel too young to be called an old friend, but I guess it has been quite a while that we go back. Yes. Yes, we were talking before this, and at least 10 years ago, I was in my first full-time job at a small church in a small college town, and uh, I met Andy through a young adults group, and he was, I think, a junior that year in college, Um, and uh, little did he know he was going to school for an accounting degree, but the Lord had other plans. Years later, he's now a full-time youth minister, husband, father, and foster parent extraordinaire, but uh, he does have that inside knowledge on the accounting world, uh, which we're actually going to be using in today's discussion. See, we are talking about money, and we know money is a tough thing. The financial compensation could be one of the hardest parts about this job. We both personally understand how being the sole breadwinner of our family and working full-time for a smaller church can be difficult. And we know many of our listeners are in the same boat and feel that struggle. And it's the mission of this podcast to equip and encourage rural and small church youth workers. So today we're going to be talking about how to maximize your paycheck and even some tips when it comes to finding extra income. So first, let's talk, Andy, how to make your paycheck go farther. So I I think for me, one of the big things is I've always had a pretty good handle on my finances uh, because of my background with a county degree and all the classes that went wrong with it. Um, And so this is something that I I feel pretty comfortable with. Uh, It's something I have a lot of uh, knowledge in that area. And uh, the biggest thing, you know, for for my family is making sure, you know, we really see the whole picture. Um, we're able to understand uh, all of our finances all the way down to, you know, those nitty gritty details. Yes. You know, we were both talking about Dave Ramsey before, and I know he's had this phrase and many of our listeners have probably heard it. He says, act your wage, Um, not act your age, but act your wage. Uh, and that wakes my mind a little bit. Uh, it's such a simple idea that many people I know aren't aware of. Uh, how do you see that true in your family's life of like working inside your own budget and being aware of your, your needs and your spending? Yeah, so the whole act your wage thing, um, I, I really think it's great. It, it really simplifies this idea of, hey, we can't live outside of our means. So is, is what you're bringing in more than what's going out. Because if you're spending more than you make, it's a disaster waiting to happen. It's going to cost you even more in the long run in terms of things like interest on credit cards or loans uh, that you have to take out. Uh, And so a huge part 
of this uh, act your wages, you've got to have a budget and you've got to understand every bit of that. And it's not just the things that come to mind off the top of your head. Like, okay, we have, we have mortgage or we have rent utilities, uh, the cell phone bill, things like that. Uh, but there's a little incidental uh, ones too. the, the impulse buys at the grocery store, the running to get dairy queen for a blizzard or McDonald's for fries in the afternoon, uh, your hobby expenses, uh, things that, you know, maybe you end up doing a lot for ministry, taking students out for meals, going to their sporting events or concerts or spending money on their fundraisers that uh, the church may or may not necessarily reimburse you for. Uh, and then there's things like uh, your once a year cost. So it, it may be hard to remember, you know, your uh, car insurance being paid six months or a year at a time, your your vehicle registration. Uh, if you have like a hunting license, your tags, things like that. Uh, these kind of things, they can, they can sneak up on you and, and they really add up. And uh, one thing that I found is you cannot, uh, you can't save for future emergencies uh, unless you're taking care uh, of all these things, uh, because there's always going to be stuff that comes up that you can't plan for. So we got to make sure we have a plan for all those things that we do know of. Yes, yes, exactly. We've had to start planning on those things ourselves. You're talking about the annual incidentals, you know, the little sticker for your license plate every year, the Amazon Prime membership that we use, and it saves us money. But we got to remember that, hey, we got to save money to buy that thing coming up every spring. Yes. Uh, being aware of these and setting these things. Uh, down on a list and being aware of them that way it doesn't get ahead of you and you're not throwing them on a credit card and as you said it just comes back to bite you butt for in the butt for more later mm -hmm. uh, but as you're trying to make that budget I would encourage you all in my personal what I call the four C's of our family and budgeting looking for places to cut and uh, I understand not all of these are possible for everybody but I think that you could at least pick out a couple. And the first one, I know it might be the hardest, the first C is car. I will tell you that my family just came out of a season. For eight years, we only had one car. And it wasn't even a new car. We drove the same Chevy and Paul, all of us, and that required some balancing of schedules to make it work between my wife and I. But uh, we did not have to have a car payment uh, for a, for a long time. It was only until just very recently this year that we got our second car. And if we can make it work, you can as well. Uh, so consider, hey, do I need a brand new car? Especially, do we need more than one car? The second C I definitely suggest people on is cable. I'm going to tell you the absolute truth. I have not had cable television since I lived with my parents. I didn't wow. have it in college because we didn't have it in the dorms. And when I moved to my first job, I didn't even have internet in my house. I just rented a whole lot of movies and uh, I went over to other people's houses to watch like The Office every Thursday. Uh, after I got married and my wife, who was a student at the college, we did get internet in the house, but we never sprung for cable. Because to be honest, most of it's just garbage anyway, but um, there's plenty of other entertainment options. Even today, um, my family pays a certain amount for our internet and we have a Disney Plus subscription. 
Um, and of course, I told you we're on Amazon. So there's so much to watch on all those things. And it's just like, hey, that is less than 75 bucks a month. And I know people just on their cable alone, they're dropping 150 plus. And it's just like cable, cut that. So that's the second C. The third C, I tell people you're cooking. Cook at home instead of going out to eat so much. My family rarely goes out to eat more than two times a month unless there's like something special like somebody's birthday or an anniversary. Um, and when we cook at home, we're cooking real food, not frozen stuff. The, the stuff that's going to be most expensive is in that frozen aisle because they're charging you for the pre-made convenience. It's like take time to look at some real recipes and really cook at home. That will be huge. That can help you cut down on the budget there. And then the last one, the last of the four C's is a cell phone. You see, again, kind of like the cable, I know people who just for their phone plan are paying over 100 bucks a month. And it's not just because they've got the newest iPhone. That definitely puts a dent in it too. But there are a lot of people who don't know that there are organizations out there that have service that is reliable that piggybacks off of the networks of the big guys. Uh, you don't have to be on Verizon. You don't have to be on U.S. Cellular or whatever. Uh, wherever you are, there's usually a group that is way less expensive that all you have to do is take a recycled phone. Uh, get the right SIM card and pop it in. For me, I use something called Page Plus. Page Plus is a network that goes off of Verizon's towers. They're basically contractually obligated by the government to, uh, so that cell phone providers don't get a monopoly. They have to let these smaller groups into the market. And for $29 a month, I have a phone with unlimited minutes and unlimited text and data. I can't remember how many gigs of like high-speed data I get before it throttles me down to a smaller speed, but I rarely, rarely ever use it. And so I bought a used phone off of somebody, and I have this auto-draft thing set up where I'm paying $29 a month per phone. And I know people who are paying four times more than that just because they want to be on the big name brand network and they want the newest iPhone. You don't have to do that. So just to reiterate, I would strongly encourage you to look for places to cut. Consider the four C's, the car, the cable, the cooking, and the cell phone. Now, let's talk about some other things costing less. Uh, let's, let's talk about aid. I know that can be kind of like a scary, dirty word, uh, but my buddy Andy is with me on this. Andy, tell the people. Yeah, I, I think the thing to think about there is set aside your pride. Um, you know, we we need to we need to have an attitude that we can't be arrogant and think we're you know above these kind of things, so to speak. They're they're offered to the public. Honestly, in small towns, we're going to minister to a lot of people uh, that need these type of programs to survive and to to act like, hey, we're too good for something like food stamps or. Uh, you know, the the Medicaid, public health programs, things like that. It's kind of like a slap in the face to the people that we're helping because it makes a judgment on them mm -hmm. uh, as being, you know, oh, you're not good enough to get by without it. Um, but, 
you know, I had to really change my thinking um, on that initially and, and look at it as, Hey, God is, God has allowed these kind of things to be put into place. Uh, It's an opportunity for me to help my family. Like if I can get some free groceries, uh, that that's a great thing. And then, um, you know, I, if I don't have to worry about paying for health insurance and things like that, we don't, we don't need to turn up, uh, our nose at these programs that are set out there to help people. Uh, just because, you know, we, we have this sort of stigma attached to them. Yeah. And just to reiterate, like Andy said, these programs were established for a reason. And so I would tell you, if you went to school for your degree and you've got loans, there are forgiveness programs for people who work in nonprofits. Yeah. Get in contact with those programs. You just have to do some simple Google searching and you can get in on this and you have to work so many years for it. Uh, but uh, as long as you're working, you're not making payments. Look for those school loan forgiveness programs. Don't be afraid to go into the public health office and ask to sign up for Medicaid. If not everybody, I'm certain at least your kids qualify. Here's the biggest one, though, that I have found a lot of people don't know about is there's a thing for full-time ministers. It's called housing allowance. And this is huge. We're going to get into talking about taxes in just a minute. But this saves you money from getting pulled out of your paycheck every every month or, or twice a month because it is money that goes towards your ministerial living and it's non-taxable. Mm-hmm. It is untaxable income. So your parsonage that the church provides to you, that can be put into that category. And that's money saved that the government isn't taxing on your paycheck. If you, even if you pay rent to somebody, that still counts. Or if you've bought, then we're talking about everything. Your mortgage, utilities like electric and water, uh, the garbage, and even internet can now be included in that. Because especially after a year like last year, many of us were working from home. It is easily justified as part of this housing allowance. And uh, as, as my buddy Andy told me earlier, he said, you know, any CPA worth their salt will be able to tell you about housing allowance and how to get the most out of it for you. So I would strongly, strongly, strongly look to public aid programs. And as Andy said, don't be afraid. But then there's one other small area that I would say we would designate as looking for aid is honestly, see where your church can help out. There may be small, cheap kickbacks that are available to you, but every little bit counts. And I'm not just talking about like you got the leftover pizzas from the youth event you can take (laughs) home. You don't have to feed your family the next day. I'm talking about there's mileage. If you drive a lot for the job and you count up so many miles, you get paid, you know, a dollar something per mile, you know, for gas and wear and tear. My first job, they reimbursed me a certain amount each month back when cell phone texting wasn't an unlimited plan. 
and I had to pay extra for that. And that was the big way that kids contacted. Uh, so they, they said, yeah, we're going to reimburse you a little bit every month for that. Maybe they can just provide you flat out with one big thing that helps. For me, the church I'm currently serving at was a computer. I did not have to shell out over $1,000 for a Mac laptop, be able to create things and manage things for the church. They helped cover that. Um, I also have a pastoral book expense, and, and it just fees for me. If I needed to spend up to $200 a year on things to help my personal spiritual walk, that is something that doesn't have to come out of my pocket. But there's there's more ways too. Andy? Yeah, I think one of the big things is, man, ask your church members how, how they can help. Uh, don't be afraid to kind of make use of their skills. Uh, so when my wife and I moved into our new home, uh, we had a laundry room that was upstairs. It's a two-story house with a basement. Um, so the laundry room was upstairs in the closet of one of the bedrooms. And, you know, we didn't want the kids to have the laundry in their closet. So we moved it downstairs to our basement. Uh, and we had a couple guys from the church that did all the electrical and the plumbing work for us. We just We just bought the supplies. And these guys were happy to, you know, use their gifts that God has given them. Uh, we had another member of the church make us some benches uh, for a table uh, that we have in our house. We, we've we kind of gotten to the point where we understand, hey, let the church be generous toward you. Uh, sometimes they really don't know how to help. They want to, but they don't know, you know what you need. Um, but when you see these things that they can do, these, these skills that they have, this is, this is a blessing to them of being able to use the gifts that God has given them. Yeah, absolutely. So just to review, this is first half. We're just talking about how to make that paycheck go further. The, the first part is definitely on you, is to be aware of your budget and stick to it. Act your wage. Look for places that you can cut back. But then also look where things can cost less. There is plenty of public aid out there, and there is plenty of ways your church can serve you within reason that you just don't need to be ashamed of. So don't be ashamed of asking. Don't be ashamed of accepting. Uh, and that first half alone of what we're talking about today should be making a seeable difference in your life. But we all understand sometimes we need to find that little extra money, that supplemental income. And so let's talk about that for the second half of this episode. We're going to start out with tax advice. And I mentioned earlier that Andy had once told me, you know, any CPA worth their salt should know about housing allowance. Mm -hmm. And beyond that, uh, a good tax person should be able to help you maximize your return to the point where in, in, in I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to give this caveat uh, for us. We are the only breadwinners for our house. We both admit that we know that changes yep. things a little bit in what tax bracket you go in, but we also have kids. And so if you've got dependents on you, you've definitely got earned income tax credits coming your way. And it is better for you to get that whole thing back instead of part of it being eaten up by, uh, you know, taxes. And so I would strongly encourage you to listen to Andy's advice here because I talked to several youth pastors who followed this advice over the years. And multiple of them uh, told me that this last year and the year before that, they easily get up to two to three months equivalency of their pay in their tax returns. How would you like to get 
an extra two to three months of income. It's all possible through tax. Um, so Andy, why, why don't you explain this to the people? Yeah, so a lot of um, a lot of people are going to end up with that situation when uh, they've got a lot of uh, dependents. You know, we have we have three kids ourselves. You've got is it is it two or three? I, I can't remember. I can't keep track. Oh, I've got two. I've two. Got two. Okay, just the two. Um, so yeah, when you have those dependents, man, those those tax credits come around uh, at the end of the year, and it's like it, like you said, you know, it's this huge bonus uh, that you get when it roll, rolls around in the spring. Um, but I found uh, kind of the best way to set up your taxes, and this is going to, in a lot of situations. Uh, need to be done with uh, the advice of a tax professional, um, but find out these these things. The the rate you're getting your uh, taxes withheld at. If you kind of get a couple years uh, worth of a pattern where you see, hey, I'm getting back five thousand, I'm getting back four thousand, whatever it is, and see if you can't get uh, less deducted from your paycheck, uh, so that you're getting. Uh, maybe just a real small amount, uh, but if you do that, um, you're you're not losing out on any money. You're just having control of your own money longer. Uh, you're not getting a huge lump sum in April or whenever you know it finally comes to you. But you have you have your money the whole time. You're in control of it, rather than essentially you know giving a giving an interest free loan to the government that you have to pay somebody else to prepare your taxes properly to get back. Um, yes. Yes. That, that much is definitely true. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, making sure as, as much of those expenses, your housing allowance. And I mean, that can go to anything you, you can set your housing allowance uh, through your church as high as you want uh, at the beginning of the year, more or less check it with your tax professional again. but. Uh, whatever you set it at, you don't actually have to spend all of that, uh, but you cannot you cannot adjust it later on in the year. Uh, so you want to make sure you get out ahead of it uh, from the beginning, uh, and they'll make it up if they have to. But what you end up with is that is like you mentioned earlier, that's non taxable income. Uh, you won't have to pay any taxes on that chunk and. Man, and that is everything. That's your rent, your utilities, your mortgage. That can be even cleaning supplies. You do landscaping work mm-hmm. outside. Uh, anything, oh, yeah, anything yeah. like that. That stuff adds up in a hurry. We just had to, you know, get some done around uh, the pool of our new house. And man, that is that is going to be a big chunk of money. That yeah, I wish I hadn't had to spend it, but at least I'm not going to get taxed on that much of my income as well. Yes. Yeah, so home repairs can count as part of that. Yeah, uh, I'll jump in and cu- say a couple other things that um, are uh, things you can write off. Just talk to your tax professional about. My wife homeschools, and because of the laws that say teachers that spend money on curriculum and like supplies and things out of their own pocket, she can write off so much per child every mm-hmm. year that also goes into that, and it's just all whittling our taxable income basically down to zero, which gets us the highest yield return. Um, but there, there is a dark side to this, uh, which I want anybody 
who's listening to make sure that they hear. Because especially after Andy was talking about talking with your church and setting that amount, um, we do not want to invite this temptation to do anything wrong. We obviously know that the Bible says it's the love of money that's the root of all evils. We don't want you to cheat on your taxes in order to get more money. But we think there is even more terrible practice arising in the ministry world um, other than people being dishonest. And it's the world of the side hustle. And I'm going to explain in a moment uh, what exactly I mean by that. Uh, but we get that we've all been tempted to try to pick up some extra money doing some extra work, and that is okay within reason. Um, Andy, why don't you tell them what you're telling me? So I, I think the thing we have to keep in mind uh, with those side hustles is they they shouldn't be something that is us trying to keep up with the Joneses. You know, uh, let let's have them go towards those extra little things. You know, a date night. Uh, where you can pay the babysitter well and you can go out and have a nice dinner and get away from a while. You know, maybe maybe an extra nice gift uh, for the kids at Christmas time or save up for a vacation every now and then. Because, I mean, we all know that ministry is tough and sometimes you just need a break. And, you know, you do those little things on the side and, and yeah, that can that can add up for a while. And you can you can take that much needed vacation sort of thing, even if it's just Hey, a weekend away at a at a nice holiday inn or something. Um, but one of the things that I do is substitute teaching, which has been uh, a really a tremendous benefit to me in a lot of ways as a youth minister because uh, I only substitute for junior high and high school um, because those are the classes that it's going to require a lot less of the sub. the The teachers can leave uh, work for them to say, hey. Here's your assignment. You work on that. It's not going to be a whole lot of I got to be standing over their shoulder answering questions or anything. And there's plan periods and lunch hours where I can do a lot of my lesson prep, uh, a lot of my actual work while I'm there uh, in the classroom supervising, keeping an eye on things. And, you know, the second major benefit there is I get to spend extra time with my students and I get FaceTime with their friends, too. So. Uh, you know, the kids that go to my youth group, they invite a friend to come check out church. They can say something like, hey, you know, that guy who was our sub for English last week, like he's the one in charge of the youth at our church. You know, they can come here and, hey, it's a friendly face. They already know uh, where, you know, I've been able to establish a sort of relationship with some of these students before they even stepped foot in our church. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's a perfect example of a healthy side hustle. Uh, for you to be looking for extra income on the side. It marries well with your job. But here are three things that I want to advise our listeners on because you may have the opportunity to find some extra money, but consider this. First, don't let it ruin your credibility. There are many people out there who are working pyramid schemes and it seems like they're just constantly nagging people. I mean, there are people who I've seen in the ministry world who the first thing on their social media is not Jesus. It is, let me tell you about nutritional shakes. And it's just like, oh, brother, you are really selling your image here. 
you know, and it's just like I've got contacts with people that I thought, oh, they must just be checking in on me because they know, you know, ministry can be high burnout. They, you know, want to want to talk and just see how I'm doing. I'm like, cool, that's great. Like, oh, actually, every person you're checking in on, you're just trying to hook them into your coaching program. And so it's just like that comes back as a reflection of your character. People see that mm-hmm. even people outside the church. So don't let side hustles ruin your credibility. Second, if you're going to have something on the side, let it be a service you can actually offer well. Um, I know guys who are just, just strong. So they work for landscaping companies a couple days during the weekends of a month. That's great. It's better than you and your spouse trying to be these cheap photographers selling things on people where it's just like, hey, we want to take your family photos and you show up with like a camera phone and it's just <laughs> like, dude, that just like you're making us Christians look bad. It's just like, don't be offering businesses that you can't provide a quality product on. Go for a service you can actually offer well. And Andy, again, a great example is you're great with kids. You are a teacher by nature. You have organizational skills. It is easy for you to step in to the world of a substitute teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think you should be the boys basketball coach, you know? And so it's just like, no, no insult there. But I'm just saying, like, we, we know where his strengths lie. So don't ruin your credibility. Um, Offer services you can actually offer well. And third, don't let it distract you from your primary and secondary jobs, which are your family and your ministry. Remember that your primary job is not youth worker. Your primary job is to uh, uh, provide for your family, uh, to love your spouse, and to raise your kids, right? Uh, And if you're constantly running around and missing family meals because you're trying to work that extra job, you're failing on your first job. And then most likely during your second job too, where to the point is you spent no time in the office, like working on your lesson. And so you're just kind of like talking out of your butt for your lesson. And the kids are getting this horrible, like half baked devotional time. It's just like, no, don't do that. Don't let these jobs distract you from your primary and your secondary ones. And again, um, just to lean back, why Andy's example is so great is because like he said, he's building bridges with students while he's there. And he also is taking advantage of times. You said there's planning hours and lunch hour where you can get out your laptop and type up an email or work on a lesson, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, not everything is going to fit quite so seamlessly as substitute teaching does with ministry. but. Uh, I I think I find that a lot of different things can, and especially when we do it well, you know, we establish relationships and credibility with others. And that bleeds over into our ministry because they develop that respect for us outside of ministry. Uh, And and that's, you know, you got to be relational uh, in ministry anyway. And so you can use those other avenues, those side hustles, the substitute teaching, the, the different things that we do. Uh, to build that credibility, to build those relationships. Yes, absolutely, Andy. That is correct. And that is such wise advice. As we're wrapping up, do you have any other final piece of advice for our listeners when it comes to this whole subject? I, I think that with being in ministry, 
you know, that itself is is a huge responsibility, which I, I know that's not lost on anyone who's listening. But uh, as a part of that responsibility, we need to be sure that we keep our, our integrity intact, like especially in financial matters, because uh, when you're dealing with money, it's one of those things that can really be a slippery slope and have just an unbelievably huge impact. Because if we make irresponsible choices with our money, uh, our family and our work can suffer. Uh, very easily because it adds stress. If we're not managing things well, uh, if you're worried about money, uh, you might do some things that that lack integrity. Maybe you're charging too much uh, for a side gig that you're not doing well. Um, you know, I'm sure there are all kinds of stories about there about people who maybe they've been skimming money uh, from a church fundraiser. These these sort of desperate things um, that all stem from hey, I, I, love, I love money uh, a little bit too much. Uh, you know, like Jesus says, it's the root of all kinds of evil is loving money. And so uh, when that happens, we lose our credibility in, in ministry and we can cause long-lasting damage to relationships, uh, not just for ourselves, but others as well, because people place a lot of trust in us. And when, mm-hmm. when we fail, when we... Uh, you know, struggle when we go the wrong direction, uh, it causes them to question everything else that we've taught them, whether that's fair or not. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'll even go one step further. I've seen it to the point where it has people question the authenticity of all youth leaders and their character. Yeah. You can be ruining things down the line for a youth to trust the next youth pastor or a lineage of them. So just very, very profound, very insightful and encouraging. I just want to end with one last quote to encourage you all from the great athlete, George Foreman. He once said, I'm working for the Lord. And even though the Lord's pay isn't very high, his retirement program is. And I just want to encourage you all to remember that we do have temporary struggles in this world when it comes to finances. We will not probably ever have the nicest things like many other people in our church do. And we shouldn't let that get us down to the point of doing something of bad character, like Andy was saying, but also to discourage us from the fact that the Lord loves us and is looking out for us. Do remember that what is coming after this life is the greatest and most important, and you are sure to be repaid well for your work. Amen. So. Thanks, Andy, for joining me in this conversation today. Uh, I bet there are some people who would love to get in contact with you and ask some further questions. If they wanted to do that, how would they? Uh, Yeah, feel free to reach out through Facebook, uh, Andy Millis, M-I-L-L-I-S, or through email. Uh, It's Andy at newhopegps.org. I'd be happy to share anything that I can with you. Excellent. And this is the part where we usually suggest things, but we're uh, not suggesting books this episode. It's going to be a little bit different. Instead, Andy, why don't you tell the people what you would suggest? So one of the, one of the best tools that, that I have found in dealing with finances and, and helping you figure things out is Financial Peace University from Dave Ramsey. Uh, it's not going to be something that every single person agrees with everything that he teaches, but it is going to give you a very good baseline and a lot of very solid ideas that you can translate for 
your own personal situation and help you uh, get a real good handle on your finances. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. It's a great video course, uh, and I encourage you to to check that out. My teen has even done the youth edition of Financial Peace University, and it's it's been really cool to see. Um, what I would suggest, though, instead of one specific resource, is to reach out and to find a tax professional, as we discussed this episode. Um, you may feel uh, hesitant when you figure out that, yes, you could have gone to TurboTax.com and filed for free yourself. You don't want to pay a couple hundred dollars to somebody, but let me tell you that it is worth it because they're going to have all those ins and outs to increase that return to be far more worth well, the money that you're getting back or <laughs> yeah. that you think you're saving by doing it on your own. And there's probably some additional benefits too, like uh, that they give you protection from uh, being audited and all sorts of stuff. I can't just express more. Go find a tax professional, especially if you can find one that does a history of working with ministers. Mm -hmm. So that's all for the show today. We want to thank you for listening. And to show our thanks and gratitude, we want to give you some free resources. In the past, if you've been listening, we have been asking that you help us share. And you guys have done so well at sharing. Our first episode just reached 100 plays. I'm just so thankful for you all. And we've now got a new way of passing out our free resources through a link tree. You can check it out on our Facebook page. It's pinned at the top. You can check it out in the bio of our Instagram. But we've got so many great resources provided by youth pastors who've been a part of this podcast. We've got lots of exclusive games and event ideas for your youth group. There are Bible studies and there are lesson plans with small group questions, including the Whoever Finds God Finds Life series. And it's all there for you. Just go grab it and just our small way of saying thank you. Uh, also, if you have any questions or want to share a story on the podcast, please feel free to reach out to us at smalltownyouthmenpodcast at gmail.com. That's smalltownyouthmenpodcast at gmail.com. Next month, we'll be talking about aiding teens whose families' lives are steeped in small-town struggles. Everything from finances to drugs, you're not going to want to miss out on this one. So do get subscribed and be on the lookout. Thanks again for listening, and God bless.